Welcome to the All Financial Hour podcast with Steve Awe. We appreciate you spending time with us here today. And most importantly, love hearing from you. 636-230-8824. 636-230-8824. You can always visit us online at yourmoneymattersstl.com. Stocks are down and so are bonds, which are supposed to leverage against a falling market. So where can we turn for a bond replacement? Well, Morningstar's Christine Benz offers this. Within the bond piece of your portfolio, if you're retired especially, I think it makes sense to consider Treasury Inflation Protected Securities or I-bonds. And these are basically Treasury bonds that give you a little bit of a nudge up in terms of your principal and in turn your income when we see inflation running up. All right. So Steve, what do you think of these? And, and can you tell us about some other options when it comes to replacing bonds in a portfolio? Yeah, that's that's the hardest part that people that are more conservative in nature have had large market declines because it's been almost 40 some years since we had a bear market greater than 20% negative in both the equities portion, stocks, and the fixed income or the bonds portion. That hasn't happened for a very long time. So a lot of people are going, well, Steve, why is this happening? And I'm going, well, it's the old teeter-totter. You know, if you look at it, when interest rates rise, bond values fall. And that is what it's causing the problems in the current markets. Yes, we've talked with a lot of the clients about I-bonds. You know, it was paying 9.63% up till October. The new rate came out. It's like 6.98%. That's about a six month rate, but you can only put $10,000 in it. So it's not like I can shift your entire portfolio of of fixed income to I-bonds. You're only allowed to put $10,000 in it. So if somebody's got that lazy money that's kind of hanging around, that's what we've suggested to a lot of our clients. We can't even buy it from them. They have to go to the government and buy them direct. When we looked at it over a year or so ago, I had to look at it and say, with my fiduciary responsibility, would it make sense to put 40% of somebody's portfolio in an asset class that I believe is going to be flat or negative over the next three years? And I had to look at it and say, no, there's that, that's not That's not responsible. So I had to go out and look at things for bond replacements. There are a couple different things that I like. I like the fixed indexed annuity. I don't want a bunch of income riders on it or anything like that because that's not what I'm using it for. I'm using it for the fact if interest rates rise and the market rises, I participate in that. If interest rates rise and the markets decline as it's done this year, I don't participate in that negative part of the market. Mm -hmm. So we had Mike and Kathy in. They're more moderate investors, about a 60-40, eight to $900,000 in investable assets. So we looked at it and he said, okay, let's figure out how we can build your portfolio overall at 60-40 and try to take some of that bond exposure out of the portfolio. Their Roth accounts, we made a little bit more all equities. Why? Because they got a longer time frame for those. And then we looked at it, we put about 40% of their money in two different types of fixed index annuities. One for growth, protected growth. Two, the second one had a return of premium in it, which meant after three years, if markets were flat, we could actually take the money that they put in out early because most annuities have 10 year periods and stuff like that. But this had a three year return of premium. 
It also had the fact that we could take, if we didn't take a withdrawal the first year, we could take 20% in the second year. So with Mike and Kathy, we put them in it last year to protect them. Markets now have declined. So we're taking the free withdrawals back now and dollar cost averaging back into the market. So they have funds that didn't go down that they now have the availability to put it in a declined market. So that's one of the things that we used for bond replacements. We can still do it now because the only thing that I'll always say is this won't be the last time we have negative markets. I believe the markets will recover. And in the future, we're going to see another bear market. Every seven years is when that normally happens. If you're concerned about your portfolio, and you're worried about the returns and you would like to find something that gives you that added peace of mind that it's not going to return of a 2000 or a 2008, give me a call now. Ask for the risk reward analysis and an allocation review so that we could see how your portfolio is built and how we might suggest that you change it. Again, that phone number is 636-230-8824. 636-230-8824. The website, your money matters, STL. Dot com. While many Hollywood stars are richer than clearly most of us, there's one way that we are actually the same. They have mortgages. Theirs is just bigger. For example, even though Beyonce and her husband Jay-Z, they're worth a hot $1.8 billion, they still took out $53 million loan for their Bel Air mansion. That's a monthly payment of uh, $227,000. Monthly payment. <laughs> what? Steve, what is happening in the world? Are you kidding me? I, 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 I couldn't, you know, you know, as, as I look at, you know, just making 227 a year. Right. Would be fantastic. But to Same. have a $227,000 a month Holy house payment, moly. you know, as, as I look at it, I have a good friend of mine. He says, you know, they got problems in areas they used to not even have areas. Well, Jay-Z says, you know, he's got 99 problems, but uh, I guess money's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. You know, yeah, that is that is unbelievable. A $227,000 house payment. I just, I, I could not imagine that. We'll just kind of put it that way. You know, you know, my goal when, when I go went into retirement was just, I, I really didn't want a house payment. And I think it's probably the biggest question that we get asked by people coming in the office. Should I pay off the house? And the question I always look at it is, is this an emotional decision or a financial decision? Because I know more for myself, it's emotional. I don't want a house payment when I, when I, when I decide I'm not working. So that's more of an emotional decision. Because the financial decision would basically sit here and say, if the rate of return that I'm getting on the money that I have borrowed, mm -hmm. if the interest rate's lower than the rate of return I believe I can make on that money, it would not make sense financially to do that. So you have the two sides of the whole thing. But I also have to look at it is I see too many people that come in that are what we call house rich, cash poor. And I always hear the same thing. Well, I'll just borrow against the house if I need it later. And I said, the problem is banks don't lend money on equity. They lend money on income. So if you're going to have a house payment, they're not going to want to take a house payment when you don't have a monthly working income. But I have Social Security and I can take money out of my accounts. They're not big 
at lending money on that. They can borrow $53 million because they make a pretty good chunk of change every year. So things like that, their income supports it. And it's like I say, it's been some of the, quote, worst mistakes I've seen when people come in. I, we had a guy that took $253,000 out of his IRA account to pay off his house. And I looked at him, I said, what tax bracket did that kick you in? Oh, I, that kicked me all the way up to the top tax bracket. So I said, you paid 35% in federal and about 6% in state tax to pay off your house. Yeah. I don't want a house payment. I said, you could have taken the house payment had it directly pulled out of your IRA account and the taxes would have been over a 10-year period if you want to pay it off early and your taxes would have been much, much, much less. He goes, I just didn't want a house payment. And I think that's where where, where we come into advantages. You know, I'm an investment advisor. I can talk to you about your stocks, bonds, mutual funds and all that. But that's not my main focus. My main focus is on planning. For questions like that, should I pay off the house? Should we or should we not do a Roth conversion? What do you think taxes are going to be in the future? Most people we were all told we're going to be in a lower tax bracket. But most of the people that I deal with are in the same or higher tax brackets once they hit 72, especially when they lose a spouse. Have you thought about legacy? How are you going to cover a long-term care event? If it happens. And the other big question that we have is how am I going to pull income out of this portfolio? So if you want somebody that you can have walk you through and assist you with your retirement, give me a call now. Ask for the comprehensive retirement plan. Let me let myself and my team assist you in walking through the questions you're going to have when you make the decision to retire. Thanks for listening to the All Financial Hour podcast. Catch the full show Saturday at 7 a.m. on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Investment advisory services are offered by All Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through its affiliate, All Insurance Group, LLC, Missouri Insurance License 803-9738. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. All Financial Group LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice.